Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is the Monday of Holy Week. 2023 april the third so we are off in the first week of april and uh the uh the week the 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 holy week um the week of the passion of the lord so um exciting times it's time to kind of relive and walk again through the feet uh, of jesus as he uh, went um on the last week of his life and very significant, very significant week. It's really impossible to um, overstate um, how significant this day is and was um, in in the world and certainly in the life of Jesus and in the what it means to Christianity. Um, it's interesting, about a third, one-third, an entire one-third of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, one third of everything they wrote had to do with this final week of Jesus's life. Uh, so you just think about the sheer uh, disproportionate quantity of writing, and that tells you something about the importance of the week. Uh, Matthew, Luke, Matthew, <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John—a uh, third of everything they wrote about the life of Jesus was uh, really zeroed in on one week of his life. And it's this week. It's Holy Week, and so um, um, begins from on Palm Sunday and goes all the way to, of course, Easter Sunday. And so, Palm Sunday, the day Jesus rides into the city of Jerusalem, um, cele- being celebrated, this sort of nationalistic uh, celebration, um, and kind of misguided uh, adoration uh, of kind of what was they expected to be. Uh, the work of the Messiah. And then uh, on Monday, which is the day we're on today, would have been the day that Jesus really ratcheted up the um, the intensity, spent uh, a lot of the day cleaning, cleansing the temple. We've read over the last few weeks about Jesus' cleansing of the temple and kiss, uh, cursing, not kissing, <laughs> cursing the fig tree. Uh, that all would have happened on Monday. And uh, it was really a uh, a judgment. He he really intensified uh, the um, the teaching on judgment, and that the time had come, and uh, was really showing that the end of the uh, sacrificial system, the end of the temple um, uh, temple system with its practices, uh, was really coming to a close. Um, and had, and he was going to, as he would say, uh, destroy this temple and rebuild it. In three days, um, and so on this day, uh, on Monday, this disruptive Monday, uh, Jesus disrupted the uh, practices of the temple. He would overturn the money changers, 
uh, drive out the animals, uh, keep people from buying and selling in the temple, and reminding them that God's intention was that his house would be a house of prayer. And so um, this would, again, just um, uh, further uh, polarize Jesus from the religious leaders. Uh, in a sense, this was the day that got him killed. Um, there, this is the day that really uh, caused the, um, the, the anger to boil over, and something had to give, right? Something had to give. So, yeah, I encourage you to do some reading, research on yourself. We're going to read Matthew 23 today, so you uh, won't spend the whole time talking about uh, Holy Week and, and what this day is. But uh, I posted a video, short little seven-minute video on my uh, just personal page, uh, something that's put out by Gospel Coalition. Uh, and so if you want to watch that little seven-minute video on uh, Disruptive Monday, it's really good, just a guy sitting there with a Bible talking and teaching a little bit about what this day meant. So. Uh, yeah, I encourage you. I just point you to that and check that out on my, uh, not on this page, not the Bible study page, but on my personal uh, page. There's a, a post I, I put on there this morning. So, all right. Well, Matthew 23 is what we're going to spend our time with today. And uh, this would have been, honestly, a lot of the content that would have uh, ratcheted up the intensity. Um, and so this really is appropriate to read this on Holy Monday or Disruptive Monday because. This is the kind of teaching that would have really infuriated uh, the religious leaders uh, enough to want to see him uh, extinguished, as it were. Well, welcome, everybody. So glad you guys are on. Thank you for all the uh, comments and, and uh, feedback on yesterday. Yes, yesterday's service at Bayside was incredible. Um, if you haven't seen it or you weren't there or for whatever reason, uh, check it out online. It really is worth watching. Um, particularly uh, the baptisms at the end. Really, really powerful moment. So, um, yeah, you can, you can check that out on BaysideChurch.net. You can check it out on our Facebook page, Bayside Church SH. Uh, the feed from Sunday is still there. And so, yeah, so any of those places you can find um, pre previous services. All right, Matthew 23, you know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Let's do it. Matthew chapter 23. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do. <laughs> For they do not practice, look out, they do not practice what they preach. Hmm. So he's saying they know the word, they're teaching the word, and if you listen to what they're saying and what they're teaching, You'll be in good shape. They're in Moses' seat. They are the teachers. Uh, they've been the law of Moses has been passed down through their hands, and so they uh, do what they tell you, but don't mimic their behavior because they are not practicing what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on the on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. <laughs> Excuse me. Pollen. Pollen day. So they put heavy, cumbersome loads on people, but they do not lift a, a finger to move them. 
So they like teaching the word. They like uh, putting all these rules and re regulations and um, stipulations on people. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but they're not doing anything to help anybody. Verse 5, everything they do is done for people to see. They make their flacillary, flactories, sorry, flactories, wide and the tassels on their garments long. It's just a part of the garment. Um, they love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. Mm. So Jesus on this uh, Holy Monday, he is, he's coming for them, man. <laughs> Jesus, meek and mild, he coming for him on Monday. He's uh, calling out the hypocrisy in no uncertain terms. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's laying into them. He says, well, he's telling telling everybody what what everyone already knows, right? But they just love they love the accolades associated with being uh, in a privileged position of religious authority. Uh, they like people to see them and know their positions and their <clears throat> their status. Um, verse 8, but you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called in instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Man, that whole uh, exalt themselves will be humbled and humble themselves, and they'll be, that's, a, that's a target right at the religious leaders because they've exalted themselves, and he's telling them you're going to be humbled. You're about to be humbled. <laughs> um. And the whole, the whole, uh, the, the pri prior to that, that that instruction about don't call anyone rabbi, father, instructor, um, that's hyperbole, right? That's not saying you should not call anyone. You should literally not call anyone father, like, you know. And I know, you know, depending on your background, you maybe come from a Catholic background or, or whatever. Maybe you even heard this. This is a, a condemnation against the Catholicism. It's not really about that. <laughs> it's not really about calling. Uh, a religious leader, a certain name, pastor, instructor, teacher, um, rabbi. It's not, it's, that's not really the point. It's not the title. It's, um, it's, uh, it's a condemning people who just want titles. Um, and he's saying, don't feed into that. Don't feed into the arrogance of people who just want a title, um, who just want, the, the title of authority. That, that's not how we operate. We don't operate on, on, on the authority of titles. It's not so in the kingdom of God. I, I, I hear sometimes people say, I want, one day I want to be a pastor. I'm like, well, are you, why don't you start pastoring people? Huh? Yeah. I want to be a pastor. What, what do you mean? Well, I want, one day I want to be a pastor. Well, you can start pastoring right now because pastor is not a position per se. It's a relationship, <laughs> a relationship. Someone is your pastor. They're pastoring you. They're leading you. They're shepherding you. 
Um, you are shepherding others. You are leading others. Uh, it's not something you do one day. It's something you're either doing or you're not doing. You're either shepherding people or you're not. Sometimes I'll call people pastor so-and-so. And people are like, well, they're not really a pastor. I was like, oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> they're pastoring a lot of people. They're shepherding people. People look to them for guidance and wisdom and perspective. Now, they may or may not have reverend before their name. They may or may, or may not have, have been ordained by such and such organization. And, I've, and I think all of that is important. I think there's some, some importance to going through the process of credentialing and, and having, having that, that process uh, purify you. But um, uh, pastoring is something, is a relational term. You're in relationship with other people. You're shepherding, sheep and shepherd, people who are following. You don't, you don't become a pastor by you know, putting on the nameplate on your door. That doesn't, that doesn't make you a pastor. <laughs> that may give you a position, but, that, but it's, it's more... Jesus, so Jesus is just saying it. Jesus is saying, it's not about the title, guys. It's about relationship. It's about how people who are truly, in, the, in terms of religious titles, are you leading people into the presence of God? Are you leading people to Jesus? Are you shepherding them? One day I want to be a shepherd. One day I want to be a pastor. If you Start now. Who are you leading? Who are you guiding? Who are you sh shepherding? Who are you um, leading to Jesus? So Jesus is here saying those titles, they're meaningless. They're meaningless if, if we think they're just a position to aspire to. They're not. Rabbi, father, instructor, you aren't instructing if people aren't learning. <laughs> you, aren't, you aren't pastoring if people aren't following. You aren't shepherding if people aren't being shepherded. Right? And so, um, you know, you aren't preaching if people aren't understanding. You're just talking loud. <laughs> You're just hollering. Yeah. So Jesus is saying, you wearing all the fancy clothes, you think that's what being a religious leader, that's what you think that's what being a one of Moses' uh, sitting in Moses' seat is all about, is about wearing the fancy clothes and sitting in the places of honor, but you're missing the point. The relationship of people, bringing people, being people-focused, caring about people and bringing people into the presence of God. And you've, you've made it all about you. It's about what are the people thinking of me? What are the people, are the people see me? Do the people notice me? Do the people understand my authority? Do the people understand my position? And Jesus is about to put the kibosh on that. <laughs> it's like, that ain't it. That's why Jesus said, I came, to, I came to not to be served, but to serve. He's the prime example, the penultimate example of what a religious leader is. Jesus, over and over, lays down his life to lead others into the presence of God. See, see God, see the Lord. I am the gate. Hmm. Verse 13. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! 
you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. Ooh. <laughs> you get the visual there? People walking, trying to walk to God, and the religious leaders are what? They're slamming the door. They're slamming the door right in the face of people who are hungry for God. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those who are trying to. You won't, and Jesus here is referring to them. You, you won't even enter the kingdom. I'm, I'm the entrance to the kingdom of God. You won't accept me, and then you won't even let other people come to me. You're trying to block people from the door, which is me, Jesus says. Woe to you, teachers of law. Here are the seven woes. So this is like, this is like you know, judgment coming, right? So the first woe was, you know, you shut the door on the kingdom. Second woe, woe to you, teachers of the law, you Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when you've succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. This is Jesus, man. This is Jesus meek and mild, right? This is Jesus riding in on, the, on, the, on a donkey, man. This is Jesus kind and compassionate friend of sinners, and he's laying it down, man. He's telling you, look, you want to get converts. You want people to, to, to follow you. You want people to be like you. And when you do find someone who's, who's, for whatever, probably good intention, wanting to find God, you end up turning them into twice the person, the child of hell as you are. Religious hypocrisy. Dogmatic ungodly. Woe to you, verse the third one, verse 16. Woe to you, blind guides. It's this land. You're supposed to be trying to lead others. You can't even see. You can't even see where you're going. You're trying to lead other people. You're blind. You're a blind guide. You say if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gold of the temple is bound by, an, by that oath. You blind fools. Which is greater? The gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred. You also say if anyone swears by the altar, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gift on the altar is bound by an oath. <laughs> so you can you can if you swear by the altar, it doesn't mean anything. But if you swear, if you bring a gift and swear by the gift that is given to the altar, then it means something. And he's like, wait a minute, the altar is what makes it sacred. The altar, which represents uh the place where you bring and seek the mercy of God. That's you've made that insignificant. Only thing that's significant in your eyes are the gifts that you bring. Mm, mm, mm. Therefore, anyone who swears by the altar swears by it and everything on it. And anyone who swears by the temple swears by it and by the one who dwells in it, i.e., God. <laughs> and anyone who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and by the one who sits on it. Verse 23, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. I think this is the fourth one. You give a tenth, you tithe of your spices, your mint, your dill, your cumin. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides. You strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. You can't see the forest for the trees. You're worried about all these little minutiae. 
and trying to load people down with all these burdens and all these laws, these 630-some-odd laws, down to the jot and tittle. But you're keeping people from God. You strain out a gnat to swallow a camel. Verse 25, Woe to you, teachers of law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, Pharisee, first clean out the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will be clean. Man. Clean the inside. Over and over, he's telling them that they're, they're not seeing. They're, they, they, they are not seeing what they need to see. They, there's no way they can lead other people's because they're people because they're blind by their own greed and self-indulgence. The inside is yucky. <laughs> the, the inside's all messed up. So worried about the outside, but it's the inside that's defiled. Verse 27, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs. Oh, you look good. You look good. You're a real good-looking tomb. You're the cleanest tomb. Man, you got it together. You, your, your, your robes fit just right. You got your beard trimmed just all pretty. You're a whitewashed tomb. That's what you are. You're a pretty tomb, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, they're full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous. This is like, there ain't no question what he's saying. But on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. There's no ambiguity there. <laughs> Number seven, I think it's six or seven, verse 29. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. They have all these uh, commemorative occasions and spots and places where they commemorate the, uh, the, the prophets of the past. You, ce you celebrate them. Now that they're dead, you celebrate them. You didn't celebrate them when they was alive. <laughs> you killed them. But when, now that they're dead and you killed them, now you celebrate them. Well, you, it's hypocrisy. And they're going to do the same thing with Jesus, right? Verse 30, and you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have taken part with them in the shedding of blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Mm, you are the same vein, man. You're the same, got the same spirit of religion that they had. Spirit of arrogance and, and blindness, self-indulgence, and, and closed off to the move of God. So go ahead then and complete. Whoa, verse 32 is straight fire. He tells them, go ahead and complete what your ancestors started. What's he talking about? Killing him. You're, you're, do, you're, you're, you're acting consistent with your past, consistent with the way you was raised. The same people that preceded you, same kind of people just like you that were religious and hard-hearted, killed the prophets. So go ahead and finish and do what your ancestor did. Go ahead and finish the job. You're going to do it again. Hmm. Wow. Verse 33. You snakes. 
You brood of vipers. How will you escape being condemned to hell? Wow. That's Jesus meek and mild. How many of you know he ain't going to like this, man? ain't going to like this. That's Jesus. He's telling you straight up. Did Jesus believe in hell? Yeah, he taught about it. Did Jesus believe that there was a heaven and a hell? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he talked about it a lot. Some people say, I don't, we don't want to talk about hell. We don't, that's kind of an antiquated concept. Uh, Jesus ta taught about it. Uh, Jesus believed that it was real. He believed that people were going to be going there. Hmm. So it's a, it's a real place. How will you escape being condemned to hell? Therefore, I am sending you prophets and sages and teachers. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. And so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on the earth from the blood of the of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechia. Uh, Berechia. Berechiah. I don't know. Whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Truly I tell you, all this will come on this generation. You're going to be carrying the shame of crucifying the Son of God. And they did. That generation will carry the shame and has carried the shame that they were the generation that killed yet another of the messengers of God, this time the very Son of God. Verse 37. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house has left you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed who he who blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's a that's a lament right there. That last part is really a lament. There's the woes, and then there's this lament at the end of the chapter. And the lament is just a it's a sad song. <laughs> what Christians sing when they're sad is a lament. And that's Jesus singing a sad song. Over Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You kill the prophets. You stone those that are sent to you. How often I've longed to gather you, to love you, to shepherd you, to guide you, to cover you like a hen covers her chicks. But you are not willing. It's a sad song. He says, look, look how your actions and your stubbornness have left you. How have they served you? And friend, friend, today, maybe you've jumped on this podcast and I don't know where you are. Maybe, maybe there's some, somebody that jumped on today and maybe this is just because it's Holy Week and you felt the nudge to listen to a Bible podcast. And you look at your life and you say, you know, I've been uh, stubborn against the thing as, uh, things of God. I've, 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 I've pushed God away a lot. Maybe that's you. 
hear, hear the sad song of Jesus over your life. He's going to ask you the question, how has it served you? How has pushing me away served you? I can tell you, I can tell you how it served you. Because we've all seen it many, many times before. Many of us have lived it. It's left our house desolate. It always, it always does. When we push away God, it never, underline, highlight, asterisk, it never serves us well. Nope, it doesn't. So this is a, 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 a somber warning of Jesus as he faces his, turns his face towards the end of the week and Good Friday, really uh, pulling out all the stops and um, blowing away the fog and the clouds and just speaking truth, man. Those of us who follow him, we're just reminded of um, you know, the courage that it took for him to say what he said the boldness and the power to speak this kind of truth in the face of power and wickedness. Incredible. Let's pray, y'all. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your holy word. Thank you for this Monday of Holy Week. We are blessed to learn from you and to walk with you again as we relive your steps. Thank you, Lord, for speaking the truth, the truth that is sometimes hard to hear, but so much needed. God, I pray that you would be close to your people this week. As we walk with you, as we listen to you, may we be sensitive to your spirit. May we be up, take the most of every opportunity to speak truth and hope and love and grace to people's lives. Lord, I pray your covering, your protection over each and every person today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 God bless you, my friends. Love you guys. We'll be back at it tomorrow for Tuesday of Holy Week. Hope you'll join us then. Have a great day. Thanks for sharing, subscribing, liking, commenting, all of those things I really appreciate. Thanks for getting the word out of out the podcast. Have a great week, my friends. I love you guys. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Have a great week. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.